Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Colin McDuff and I'll be your host this week as we're here to discuss Rangers' long-awaited return to the football after the winter break, although it wasn't quite in the manner that we all hoped for. Joining me to discuss the game, first of all, Graham Curry. Graham, how are you doing? Hi, Colin. Glad you're back in the hot seat. Um, didn't enjoy being, in the, being the host last week, but glad you're back to do a professional job. Yep. Really, I find being the host is much much better because I don't really need to pay attention. I just need to listen for when somebody's stops speaking and go on to the next person. Oh, what do you think? Well, I think you do a better job of that than me. Aye, there you heard it. I do a better job of not paying attention than Graham. Yeah, nobody can dispute that. Joining us all the way from down south, um, our podder representing the deep south, Mason, how are you? Hi uh, Colin, thanks for having back on mate. Um, no, good thanks. Um, wish it was a better result yesterday, but you know, game in a couple of days so we've got to bounce back. Um, and uh, yeah, looking forward to it mate. That's the right attitude, even when we're going to be... There's going to be some of this pod that's a bit, a bit hard to listen to him when we talk about last night, but I like you getting positivity in early on, we're going to bounce back. And last but not least, representing the overseas Bears, Davy T. Davy, hope I'm not keeping you up too late. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not I'm not an early bedder. But um well, I was actually nearly in my bed all night trying to get round my head what had just happened. <laughs> but um I suppose we've got to look at it as a point one and not a point loss. That's uh, that's the way I'm trying to look at it now. Although the performance was just symbolic. Really. Nah, yeah, I think um, I think the way the game panned out, we it did eventually become a you know probably a point one, um, especially with you know how the game could have ended um, towards the end. But suppose we'll start from the very beginning the lineup. So Graham, start with yourself. Um, probably the big talking point in the lineup is James Sands getting his first start away at Aberdeen in the midfield alongside Glenn Kamara. Other than that, any surprises in the in the lineup? Uh, no, no other surprises. I thought that was a team that we would go with. I didn't think Sands would play. I think it shows the confidence that Bron- Van Bronckhurst has got in Sands, just to pitch him right in. He came right into the team, stick him right in at, at Petodre away. Always going to be a difficult fixture, but it shows you the confidence that he must have in him to do it. Uh, I think it was a bit misplaced confidence in the end. I don't think he had a, a great game. I think... The midfield was where we lost it, I think, last night. Um, so yeah, that was a that was a surprise to see him starting. Other than that, I was happy to see everybody else in the team. It was a a strong enough lineup. Mason, I think um, I think going with the the group chat we've got on. And what we were all saying yesterday, um, I think Sands and potentially Haji were the two talking points, but. In terms of what Graham says, who who we had available, when you look at the injuries, Roof, Jack, Davis, Arfield, obviously Joe Arebo's away, away playing for Nigeria. There wasn't too many other changes we could have made, was there? No, maybe Lundstrom instead of um, Sands was the only one that really I think we would have picked. And, and then Sakala instead of Wright, I think, was one that... 
but then we, we spoke about a couple of weeks ago how well Rat played against the um, St Mirren. So, you know, he maybe did deserve a start. But, yeah, the midfield was an issue. And when I say Arfield wasn't available um, in, in the uh, Geo's press conference, I started to think, well, this is going to be a... It's always a tough game up there anyway. But, you know, I think, as Graham said, these games are won and lost in, in the midfield. And um, it was, you know, we didn't get on the ball. I see a stat today. We, we completed 270 passes out of 367 or something like that. So, you know, that's, that's poor. You know, I think that's probably, for me, one of the lowest we would have had this season. So, um, mid, yeah, midfield, we'll, we'll come to it probably a little bit later on with transfers, but we we need we need a midfielder for me, uh, a, num- a new number eight. That really is a piss poor start and probably probably sums up um you know that that hundred almost a hundred incompleted passes at any level for Rangers isn't good enough. Uh David, going into the, the first half then, Rangers were really slow coming out of the traps, um, really slow to get into the game. And probably the, the poorest we've started the game under Giovanni Van Bronkost, I think, actually did surprise me. Um uh, what, what would you put it down there? For me, the big thing that I, I pointed, that, that I noticed, we seemed to drop a lot deeper than what we usually would, um, especially in the first half of games. Yeah, I'm glad you put it up, because that's what I was going to bring up. I think if, if when you're playing with two um, centre midfielders, defend, defensive midfielders, plus the fact from what we've been talking about in the, the last weeks, the, the two full-backs have been made more defensive, you're actually then putting far more players in, in a defensive role and you're ending up with about only about four actual attacking players. I mean I watched quite a quite a I watched the game again today and quite a few times we were sitting with the, the, the midfield and the attacker and the, the, the defender, sorry, were away about 30, 40 yards from four players that were up front. And the the room was just too big between if you, if you watched Aberdeen, there was always about seven or seven in defence or seven in attack. They just kept it so tight that the mid their midfield was, was only about 20 30 yards, whereas our, our midfield seemed to be about what 60 70 yards. And that's where I think if the, I mean, even Bates was getting uh, the look good because he could put passes into, into the midfield and find somebody. And that's uh, that, that's the way I think that we've just got too many uh, defensive people now because uh, the fullbacks are causing no problem now. The, the fullbacks are not getting any. They used to always be a danger. I mean that was the thing with Gerard that, that you knew the fullbacks were going to be a really big danger. But that seems that seems to be gone now. And when he reverts to uh, two men in the midfield, then then we're just going far too deep, and we got deeper and deeper and deeper. Graham, I think the, the the argument can always be be made that you know having you know your two holding or battling midfielders or however you want number sixes whatever they're called nowadays that it will provide a bit of cover when you need it going away to these tough fixtures. But it, in the end, we actually invited on more pressure. I think um, and it went into the second half. Um, that's probably when I want to start asking about the, the midfield um, predicament. 
and I know we're still in the first half, but I think it's relevant in both halves. Um, we really missed an outball or somebody who can drive forward for the midfield. And I, I know Glenn Kamara can do that at times in games, but I don't think it's his natural game, especially no for Rangers. Um, yeah, we needed to change the midfield early on in this game. I I think it was one of the Aberdeen boys had a shot in the first five minutes, first ten minutes that hit the post, and that was because Sands had left. He had just left them. We had Kamara and Sands going to close a boy down. No need to do that. So Sands should have been on the right hand side or closer to central to be able to shut that down or even stop the pass in the first place. So I just don't think. It worked. The two of them in there just did not work at all. Mason said there there's 100 passes went astray. I bet you 50 of them were Kamara's because he just couldn't get a pass together at all. Everything he tried to do was just, um, it was just not happening. It just could, it couldn't pull off. Um, so as a as a duo in the midfield, now I, I'm, I've got nothing against playing two guys in the midfield, but if you're going to do that, you've got to win the battle. And you've got to you've got to win the midfield. They didn't do that, and it was evident after twenty minutes, thirty minutes, that that wasn't the case. So we had to, you have to change it, and something had to have changed. Whether that be a a, a substitution or a formation change, and when I was watching it, I was thinking a formation change has to happen here. We need to do, you know, bring bring one of the attackers back, one one of the wingers, and get him a wee bit more. Um, bring bring him infield to try and support the midfield because that's we just get overran. It was so frustrating to see it. Um, so I for me it, it just didn't work as a duo. The boy gets a wee bit of leeway because it's his first game. So maybe you need to put the blame on Van Bronckhurst for saying, well, why are you playing? Why are you playing a guy that's just in the door in a midfield battle? Because it was always going to come down to that. It was always going to come down to that in this game last night, so we, we, we should have been better prepared. But it looked to, to, to me like we were playing a zonal type of midfield game. I mean, they weren't, weren't sticking with players. I mean, some of the other team players were getting sometimes about 10 yards to, to, to take a pass on, to turn around and have a look about and then and then pass it further. We just seemed to you know, get, you know, get near players. We were just, whether it was playing zonal, or whether it was that we just couldn't get near the Aberdeen players, I don't know. But uh, but we, if we didn't play Sands, who was he going to bring on Lundstrom? I mean, that, 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 that would have shocked everybody, I think. I would have liked Lundstrom. I, I've gotten, I, I like Lundstrom as a player. I think he's a, a solid enough guy. He came on, how, 20 minutes to go maybe, he had a 50-50 with, with a guy, and he actually went right through him. Now, it was a proper 50-50 that was... The, the thing that made him win it was his aggression, but also the Aberdeen player was doing a slide tackle, whereas Lundstrom just stood up to it, protected the ball, and just clattered right through him. It was a great tackle, and I think that was so solely missing. If that had happened in the first five, ten minutes, a tackle like that, I think Aberdeen might have just you know, backed off a little bit. But you're absolutely right. Um, there was no... There was no press. There was no pressure on the midfield at all. Mason, I know you're, you've said at the start that we should be strengthening in the midfield and we will come on to that, but I think it's only fair to address the midfielders we've got right now. And I think we should start with Lundstrom. 
there's been a lot of chat about, you know, he's he's one of the high earners in the club. This should be the window to move him on. And while <laughs> the, the argument is we've not seen enough of him in the last few months, but I would argue we've he's no he's not featured enough. When he did feature, when he first broke in um, after his poor start, I thought he was, you know, I thought he was one of the standouts in September, October time. It doesn't look as if Van Bronckhorst fancies him or Bakuna. Um, so, do you see either of they two being realistic options right now? <clears throat> well, I think the fact that he played Sands instead of Lundstrom tells us so much about what he thinks of Lundstrom, to be honest with you. Because, you know, to, to throw the boy, you know, that's been here 10 days in instead of someone that's been here six months and played over 20, 20 games. I know he might not have played 90 minutes for the 20 games. Um, I think that's that's quite telling. Um, but yeah, I found that really strange. And yeah, I think Lundstrom would have given us. Um, I don't think Sands was was. You know, it was a tough one. It's a tough one to throw him in at Petodri in it. So I don't want to be too critical. But um, in hindsight, yeah, Lundstrom should have been in there with, with Kamara. Um, and you know, I've read read reports that Middlesbrough and 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 a couple of Championship teams want to take him on loan. Um, Maybe, maybe that's the case now with Sands coming in because it's another player that's that's going to be in front of him. Um, and if he is on what is reported, then I'd rather him be away than him sit sit on the bench and not feature. Um, as for Bakuna, I think again, it's you know he's what has he played ten minutes in Leon, I think under Gio. He's you know we needed a midfielder last night and uh, something different, and he didn't he didn't even look to Bakuna either. So. Um, but I think one another one that's getting scot free because he scored is Hadi as well. Scored a goal, all right, you know, t- took it well. Um, but that was. All Don't done. worry, I've got a very big Hadi <laughs> coming up in this show. Don't but on you go. <laughs> no, go on. I'll wait till you come to that bit. <laughs> so um, we'll wrap up the first half. Uh, Davy, come back to you um, on the on the, just before the goal, the penalty call or shout or it should have been a penalty or it shouldn't have fucking nonsense as far as I'm concerned um, high ball played over the top um, Aberdeen player apparently collides with McGregor but he goes for the ball and on his way down McGregor makes contact with him and I don't even think it was in the box, I don't want to influence you too much but Never in a million years was this a penalty, surely? No, definitely wasn't a penalty. He actually uh, turned his back on McGregor when, 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 they, when McGregor flew past him and he turned his back. And it was only when he done that that he, he made contact with him. If he had just kept going, then he probably made more contact with McGregor. But he actually pirouetted round. And it was only when, when he done that that he, he, uh, I think a feather might have touched him if it did. But, uh, but that, I mean, I don't think that's a penalty, but what really worries me is the way it came, because it was just a 70-yard punt up the park. I think it was Hayes that, um, that punted it right up. And Connor Barisic, he was left about 10 yards behind at one point. Uh, and Goldson, Goldson played him onside because he'd probably been offside if it wasn't for Goldson. And I think if you're going to, if Golson's going to wide, go wide deeper, then he should play. Then he should be sort of a sweet up there behind that, and he should have been the front, the, the main man going for that ball. But um, 
the other thing is, what was McGregor doing? How can the ball, how can the ball get to the, the into the penalty area without McGregor being near it? And that's, I think we've got to look at I mean, the penalty. The score, the referee never gave it, and it wasn't a penalty in my eyes. But I think we've got to really look what the things are in the boat that um, that the brought the, the, the chance because that's that's more worrying. Uh, for, for me, this isn't a new uh, criticism of McGregor, Graham. I think even in his first spell, his biggest weakness was always coming for cross balls or knowing when to come off his line. And it's it's just always been a bad habit for him. But I think he should have been, you know, I, I think um, I think that decision was there to be made is because he's had hesitated coming off his line. It's the hesitation, that's the right word. He hesitated and didn't come out. Even when he started to come out, it wasn't a sprint. And I'm going to disagree with you, I think it was a penalty. If Well, I think it was a foul. I, th- I think McGregor's fouled him. Because of the way he's come out, it's a reckless challenge. He's not going to win the ball there. So if that was anywhere else in the pitch, to me that's a foul. What I don't know for certain, and I can't see from the replays, is whether it was inside or outside the box. So that's my only caveat to that. But to me, that's a foul. Um, but I think the defending for it is... Is has already been called out. It's absolutely right. The the defending was shocking. Bassey was away up the pit. He was at the halfway line, and then you've got as well exactly as just what's been described. It was a bit shambolic, and we should never be getting caught out with balls like that. What also happens, which almost sold the decision for the referee, was eventually Barisic gets the ball, so he he sweeps up the danger, and he stops. He stops as if he's waiting for the. He's as if he's waiting for the referee to blow his whistle, and Bassi's screaming at him to get out, get on with the game. You know, play to the whistle. Um, so Barisic nearly done his knee favours by stopping completely. Um, but I shambolic all round. But sorry to disagree, but I think it was a foul. So, but do you know, do you know when 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 uh, is it a foul? I mean, if a player runs into me, if I'm lying on the ground and a player runs into me. Is that a foul? Or is it, I mean, that's that's what I think happened with uh, McGregor and, and the, the Aberdeen boy. I mean, it was just after he pirouetted right round and then fell. I don't, I don't, he didn't even fall over McGregor's leg. He just uh, he might have touched it at one time. But, uh, I mean, that's, I, don't, I don't think McGregor would have touched him if he hadn't have sort of a, kept moving. But can you imagine any other player on the pitch trying to do a tackle the way McGregor done a tackle? That that's not how you tackle. So if that was to happen anywhere else in the pitch, it's a free kick in my opinion. You can't even go jumping in like that and he actually turned his back himself. So I get what you're saying, the striker turned his back, but I think McGregor also turned his back and it was his trailing leg that caught him. So I it's it's a reckless challenge in my opinion. Is this so I can kind of see where you're coming from, Graham, um, and also you are the, the Gallant Fuse resident ref, but is this, just to try and understand it myself, is this similar to the scenario where, you know, a, a defender lunges in for a tackle, he's two, two feet off the ground, he gets the ball, but it's a reckless challenge, so it's the decision that to be made, is that kind of what you're getting to? Kind of, that's slightly different, that's a dangerous challenge. So in terms of the laws of the game, that would be a dangerous challenge, whereas I think that's what McGregor done last night was a wee bit reckless. He's no 
he's not endangered his opponent. He's not going to hurt him, but it's a reckless challenge and not really like a traditional way of tackling. So he's he's out of control. Aye, uh, but no, he's not out to injure the guy. So mm-hmm. if he was out to injure him or hurt the guy, then it would be dangerous, and then then you're looking at red cards. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it was nowhere near that. Well, thankfully, um. Oh, Kevin Clancy agreed with Davey and I, and that's what led to the Rangers' role after this. So, Mason, I'm going to bring you back in on what I was leading to with the Hadji point, okay? But it's a kind of wider discussion on last night's game, first of all. I actually think this was, you know, Rangers' best move of the night, and it really shows what our attackers should be doing and can be doing when they're on their game. And I'm talking about Morelis coming in deep, starting the move off, Kent at his best and Hadji at his best. It was a very well-worked goal. Yeah, it was the first time we actually um, put, I think, a, a ball into Morelos and he had he had support, I felt. felt a lot of the times he had, he, he had the ball was into him and he had a touch and there was nothing really for him to hit. Kamara and Sands were too deep. But it was the first time he got it out of his feet, got fouled, great ball out to right and right. Um, again, I, I don't think he had the best of games last night, but he plays a really good ball to... To Kent, Kent's first touch is top class, and then the ball in early. What it does, it takes McCrory completely out of the game when it, where he where he hits it in early. McCrory's waiting, he's, wait, he's waiting for the cross, and he's waiting to see where it goes. And 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 Hadji's movement just gets right in front of him. And uh, yeah, it was the, it was a great goal from us. And uh, it was yeah the only the only time I watched last night, I thought that's that's a bit of quality that. Um, and uh, definitely from Hadji as well. Or at the run, at the finish, he couldn't miss to be honest. But um, you know, he, he can do that, but he just doesn't do it enough uh, enough for me. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to ask you about on, on Haji. Because um, I, I think it's uh, there's a bigger conversation on Yanis Haji rather than just a poor performance last night. Long-term whistles, no, I'm a massive fan of him. And I think he's got all the talent in the world. But, well, um, he's really let himself down as consistency and taking opportunities when they arise. It tends to be, over the last year or so, He's only really taking his opportunities coming off the bench. Um, I don't know, he's he's almost teetering into that natural novel territory where he's he could be known as an impact player. And I think that's an injustice to his talent. So what do we need to do to get Yanis Hadji do playing well week in, week out? Um, well, he wants to play in the number 10 position. I've, I've read a couple of interviews and he says he wants to play. He played there. Well, this is his chance. Haribo's not there. So... Um, it, you know, he needs to take. He, all right, he scored last night, but off the ball. I mean, the booking he gets after five minutes. We, I'll probably, we'll probably come to Clancy a little bit later on, and he he had he had a nightmare. But five minutes in, Clancy tells him step away. He doesn't step away, and he picks up picks up a booking. And then he's playing in midfield, and he can't make a tackle there because he knows what the referee's like. You know, he's like playing with a man down. I'll be honest. I think I agree. He's got all the talent in the world, but is it suited to us? Is it suited to Scottish football? I'm not sure. I've got to be honest. Um, but you know, he we're going to need him now without a rebo. He's the only other number ten we've got, so he needs to to buck it up and put in in uh, better performances than he did last night. See the stupid thing there as well. Right, done the exact same thing about five minutes later. He stood in, in front of the ball. He actually came from about 10 yards away, came and stood in front of the ball, and Clancy told him to get away again. And, and he did after that, but I, I thought, God, you're risking a, you're risking a booking as well. 
Aye, that's actually one of the, <laughs> the very few decisions that I agreed with when Kevin Conn say it's, you know, that's, I think that's fair to us as a booking. But on Mason's point there, I think Jan Saji has tended to play the occasion rather than the game at times. And sorry, I know old school football cliche there, but sometimes it can he's guilty of trying too hard. Sometimes he's guilty of getting too fired up and choose error in judgment and... You know, you're right, Mason. This is absolutely his chance over the next few weeks. Um, he's going to get regular game time, so he has to take this chance and show that he is a contender. So, going into the second half, um, Davy, I don't really know if there's much more we, we can really add um, other than it was... I think we spoke about the first half that was creeping in before the goal. We just went back to type in the, in the second half and allowed Aberdeen freedom to play football and we didn't impose ourselves as a better footballing team. Well, that's one of the things I've got to go back to Hadji and this. That's one of the, the, the things I've got against Hadji. Well, one is speed. I, I, he's, he's not the fastest player. And the second thing I've got is uh, going forward, he's got really good insight to what's going on about him. But see, going back def- defensively, he's really, really poor. And he's, he's normally about a sprint behind the, the defender, uh, normally the, the, the left back. Or, or, or He's normally about 10 yards behind him before, and then he's got to try and sprint to, to catch up with him. And I think that's uh, the big thing. The, the, the whole, I mean, I don't think Aberdeen uh, were, were that brilliant in the second half either. It was only really after they got the, the penalty goal. That, uh, that they sort of upped their game. But I, I really thought Rangers controlled, well, didn't control the game, but I don't think Aberdeen were that dangerous. It was just a sort of a uh, 50-50 battle at that time. But it was only really after the goal that... Uh, I mean, defensively, we weren't bad yesterday. We were quite... I mean, Aberdeen had chances, but we played defensively not too bad. And after the goal, it just became uh, dirty bottom time. <laughs> No, you're right, but I think on on the Aberdeen chat, I know defensively, as much as don't think the defence had a bad game, it's just more the setting balls for me that coming through the corners. I think we allowed a bit more chances than what we would want a team like Aberdeen um, to have. Um, so, Graham, we've spoke about Rangers, you know, Rangers low points, Rangers for what we need to work on. I don't want the listeners to think that it's, um, as Davey P said, that he didn't have in time. Because it's not, it's, um, it's out of 10, sorry, eight games. So only the, it's only, uh, sorry, only the messy points Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has dropped. I think, um, I think if you look at the, the run of fixtures we've had, away to Easter Road, away to Tynecastle, away to Pataudry, beforehand you maybe would attain seven points out of nine. It's just the man that's played out that the last game is where we dropped points. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's hard to say though because I don't think Rangers should ever be going to Pataudry. I know we say traditionally it's a difficult game, but when was the last time Aberdeen gave us a game anywhere? We're running out of the tapering all the time. I think we've got this in our head that Aberdeen's a, a good team because they were in the 80s and the 90s. They're, they've been awful for a long, long time. So, I, I, no, I, I don't think so. I think that's really bad two points that we've dropped last night. It's um, 
I guess the, the Hibs game was the one that you would probably think you're going to drop points, but nah, we should be going there and getting three points every time. I don't I don't see that. But in the grand scheme of things, you are right. You know, 24 points and we've got 22 for Geo, so um, it's no it's not a disaster. It was just hopefully, hopefully just a, a bad night at the office where we've just either tactically got it wrong or collectively as a team we've no, no been up for it. Something's happened last night, but let's hope it's just a one offer. Yeah, but if you're looking at the at the, the way we even set up in the beginning, it just looked like we were frightened of them. And we, we let them be more aggressive. And at, at, at one point we, we did start being a bit aggressive. Um but I mean when you've got lightweight players like Hadji and like Wright and uh I mean, they guys, these guys, when they come up against McCrory and up against Bates, and uh, yeah, they're just going to get brushed aside all the time. The one time they did do it was um, Brown. Brown get, took the ball off the, the goalkeeper, and right, uh, no right, um, Kent. Mm-hmm. Kent went in and just robbed them of it. He just robbed them of the ball, easy as you like, because he didn't have an out ball. Brown didn't have any way to pass. You know, he usually does a five or ten yard pass. Kent was all over him, took the ball off him, and then took it in and had a shot. Might have actually laid it off to Morelos, but he's probably entitled to have a have a dig for the edge of the box. But if there was many that, if there was many that press and just geese the ball, there was no um, no pressure on them at all. It was and just actually unfortunate. Sorry, if I come between it, was just actually unfortunate that Morelos didn't see that Wright was totally free at that that moment because uh, if if Morelos had squared the ball. To right, then I think we had a good chance to score them. But unfortunately, we didn't see it. But I think, Jim, the, the point you made there about the, you know, Aberdeen on the, the team they were in the 80s, and it's just still living off that fucking 50 year old fame. And they they haven't they haven't been a team that we should be afraid of for a long, long time. I totally get that, but the counterpoint to that is the Rangers, for one reason or another, they've allowed the Aberdeen games over the last three, four, five years to to be potential slip-ups, even with earlier this season, the two-each game. Last last couple of years under Gerrard, last season was, you know, a different kettle of fish, but the season before that in the Cup game, so I totally agree with you. We shouldn't be fearing Aberdeen, but we need to get, we need to change something and stop, like, these, stop allowing these teams to take points off is. So, you mentioned them earlier, Mason, uh, Kevin Clancy. Um, I wanted to get all the Rangers uh, flaws picked out first because, you know, I, I hate the I hate the idea that MD would think that we are going to blame the ref for last night's result, okay? Um, I, I think if you go back to, to last season where we were an absolute juggernaut and swept away every team that came. We were still complaining about how shite the refs were, but Kevin Clancy's turned it to a bit of a new low last night. It was awful. So last night, Clancy, they they we got seven free kicks. Aberdeen got twenty one. See this morning, and uh, and and <laughs> Brown for me got so much protection. It was it was a joke. All right. You know, we we can we can look at our midfield and and, and I think the substitution where Lundstrom comes on, the whole shape goes. And and I see, I did watch the game back today. Brown makes I think eight passes forward 
when um, we make that substitution. So from getting it and hitting it sideways, he, that's why I think the game changed then. Um, but but just coming back to Clancy, it's the, how about the old firm game a couple of years ago when we won 2-1? That was one of the worst refereeing performances I've ever seen. We managed to get a result. And last night, oh no, oh, just, people watching that, just like neutrals, just watch and think, what, what is going on here? He did not let the game breathe at all. It, the whistle was going every two minutes and it just kills the game. Um, Kent sending off last night. He's been conned. He's been conned. And the frustrating thing for me is he's walking off the park laughing with Brown, you know, at the end of the game. And, and he sent Kent off uh, for absolutely nothing. Um, but, yeah, look, I'm not, I don't want to go on too much because um, I thought we, we were poor last night. And uh, we can, yeah, he was poor. Referee was poor. But um, we can't be letting, um, for me, we let Brown dictate too much of that game second half yesterday. And um, that's more of a frustration for me. The thing is, we can. Uh, none of his cards were yellow. <laughs> he really didn't do anything. Even his first first tackle wasn't a, a yellow card. And then he got then he got the in, in with Brown, which Brown just played on the uh, even after it. But Brown was just at it the whole night. Just every time the referee stopped the game, Brown was in his face, and he just kept on moaning and kept on moaning. And he was just he was out to get a Rangers player sent off right from the beginning. He was trying to get Morelos sent off much of the whole game. But uh, I mean that's his game. But I, I suppose he must be proud of what he's done as a footballer. But um, I can't I can't see how you can be proud to play like that. To be honest with you. With Kent's first booking, I think it is a booking, but for the wrong thing. And what I mean by that is. The first tackle was never a booking, okay? It's not a booking at all. What he does do, though, is he pushes. He pushes the player. So that's a booking. But if you look at it back, the referee's already got the yellow card out. So he's, he's got the yellow card out, he's running air, and he's going to book Ken. So I guess I'm just highlighting... He's made a mistake. Clancy's made a mistake there, because it's not a yellow card. But... Ultimately, it should have been a yellow card because of that push. But uh, as you've said, the, the decisions that he was making was baffling last night. Absolutely baffling. And Davies called it right. He's been absolutely sold by Brown. Every time he was going over, he was falling all the time. The slightest wee push he was going down. And again, it's nothing to be proud of. As you're saying, he's probably going back thinking I'd done a great job tonight. I, I wound him up, but is that any way to, you know, is that any way to carry out your profession? It's I've never rated Brown anyway. You know, I've, I've never thought he was a great player. Maybe I'm wrong on that because you know he's racked up international caps and he's he was at Celtic for a long time, so he must have something. But to me, I've never seen it. I've never seen what he's had. Maybe in his earlier years when he was at Hibs and when he first came to Celtic when he was box to box, but that only lasted for a few seasons. Since then, he's just been a a, a passenger to me. I, I would hate to have him in my midfield because all he does is just pass it sideways or pass it back and then just be a, a nuisance. But yeah. we've also got to say that we allowed him to be a nuisance and we fell into every single one of his traps. We didn't have MD in the midfield there 
if Arfield was on the pitch, he would have been he would have sorted him out early doors, or at least told the other guys, listen, just watch out for him. He's he's not a great player. Get get on tap of him, and he'll give you the ball. And also don't be falling for any of his tricks. So I don't know. I know Davis and Arfield won the on the on the pitch or on the one in the squad. I really hope they were in the training pitch or they were at least in the dressing room in the last few days gone. By the way, look out for this boy, telling Sands, you know, you need to watch out for him. He's a, he is just a noise-up merchant. But see if you see the way um, Brown played last night, apart from his fouling and his, his play acting, every time that um, Rangers were on the attack, he fell in to the centre-back position. So they're playing with three centre-backs. And if Brown was out of the midfield, then the guy on the other side, he moved back to the centre-back uh, position. And I don't know, uh, you would think somebody like Gio, you would think they, they had enough tactical uh, know-how to sort of a combat that. And I don't think that they, 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 whether they didn't see it or whether they didn't know, but I don't know. But... I would. I mean, they brought on Lundstrom, which, which for me was a wrong move. If, if, if it was me, I would have stuck uh, Sakala up beside Morelos and put two up in attack, and then they've got to drop the players back. Uh, I just think bringing on an extra man to hold out for twenty minutes is a wrong tactic. No, totally agree. And the la- the last word and drop down and just to echo what you said there, Graham. And going back to what the kind of overarching theme of last night was, Rangers allowed it. And this Rangers team are more than savvy enough no, to know no to allow fucking idiots to get to them. So, going to talk about the transfer window um, a little bit. And Mason, I'm going to come to you because you... Can I, can I interrupt, Colin, before you do? Just to give a yep. shout out to our... our, our... I know there was not a lot of quality, but I thought Morelos's volley, I don't know, for the corner, I thought that was a really, really clever, clever attempt. Um, I know there was, I know there was not a lot of quality, so let's, if we can, just round off on a little bit of a high um, on that, on that um, attempt. The way he took it was very clever, going in a good position, peeled off a brown, and yeah, it was a really nice strike. It was a good save by the goal, to be fair. So, yeah, just so that we don't end calling on a on a downer on that game last night. That, that's the only reason. Fuck me, we are clutching at straws. This time last year, we were counting down to 55. No, this week's pod is Morello said a shot in target. Fair enough. <laughs> but no, you make a good point. You make a good point. Um, it's, you know, we need to try and stay balanced because it's even 24 hours after, after the game's finished, it's still raw, still emotional, but we do need to try and bring a bit of balance um, going into the weekend. And, so, okay, oh. sorry. Second last thing. Good to see Itton back. I'm delighted to see Itton back and he was getting a wee run out. I know he got five minutes, but I'm delighted to see him back. Um, I thought he actually done a, a good bit of work at one point as well. In the last, I think he released uh, Sakala in the last few minutes as well. There's a nice wee bit of play with him. So, aye, good to see Itton back as well. Oh. Sorry, just one more thing. <laughs> um, that's that kick on Sakala as he ran away. You're a referee, Graham. What is that? For me, that's a red card. Um, no, yellow. Yellow's good enough. Do you think it was quite vicious? Aye. 
Well, if you take the likes of the wee tap Morelos gave in the shin guards a couple of years ago, I think that was up at Aberdeen, and then you, you've got a guy running away from you that could be seriously inj- injured if you if you take a, a, a lunge and kick at him with that, then, mm. then I mean, I, I, I mean, if you take, take what Tavernier get, get booked for, and then you take what that guy get booked for, then I think that's t- three times as bad as what, what Tavernier did. Yeah, I don't. Nah, I can see it, but I don't. I didn't see enough as as a out to injure the boy. Maybe I've misremembered it, but I thought it was just a wee clip of the heels. I think it was just a professional foul to stoke the attack. And going by that, it's a yellow card. But maybe if I went, maybe watch it back. If there was any sort of attempt to actually hurt the boy, then I you, you might be right, Davy. But from my remembrance of it, it was really just a clip of the heels to stoke the. Stop a promising attack, and yeah, is probably good enough there. I think. So, moving to kind of the last couple of weeks of the transfer window, Mason, I'm going to come to you, and I, I want to talk. I want you to talk a bit about the the midfield and the options we have because I'm I'm quite torn. On one hand, um, on one hand, after last night's display, it's the gut, the knee-jerk reaction is to say we need to sign a, a starting midfielder. But when you actually look at the squad that we've got, Joe Rebo will be coming back. He's an automatic starter. Stephen Davis is always there or thereabouts. Scott Arfield has came into a game under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst and worth calling out that he's retired for international football as well. So wh- where are you thinking in terms of the midfield options we have and what we need? Uh, so for me, I've said it for the last. I know we won the league last year by a, a canter, but you know we want to continually get better and better. The last player we've bought that comes straight into the eleven and strengthened us was Halanda for me, and that was what three, four windows ago. Since then, we've signed squad fillers, maybe a bar roof if, when he's fit. Um, so I know we've got we're, we're overloaded in the midfield, but we've only got one player that I would call Jack's out. We don't know how long Jack's going to be out for, so I, w- I wouldn't count him at the moment. Arfield. Arfield, for me, he's box to box. He can get his a goal. He can see a pass. He's a goal threat. The, all the other midfielders, um, bar Rebo, who, who I'd say is a number 10 now, if, if he's playing Geo's formation, he's playing that one that had you in last night. You've got Lundstrom, Kamara, Sands and Davis. Now, if Arfield's fit, he plays with Kamara. That's that. That, for me, is quite evident. That's the two. But Lundstrom, Davis, and now Sands, they're all holding players. So, for me, we've got, you know, we've got three players that all can do what Kamara does. You know, good on the ball, you know, but, no, again, no goals. So, for me, this window, we need a we need another player similar to Arfield. He's a number eight, I'd say, a box-to-box midfielder. And I'd, I'd also like us to go and get a right winger. Because um, Scott Wright, you know, another one that's jury's out, is he... You know, does he get in our best eleven? I'm not. I'm not so sure. Um, so for me, yeah, this window. I, I don't know if we will. I'd, I'd be happy with one at this minute, but we. I think we need to. You know, we need to look at them two areas. Oh, and I think even with um, the, the midfielders we have, it's only fair to say that you need to be realistic with Jack Davis and Arfield. And it, it's not just about this season as well. Jack and Davis are, you know, pushing the. The other side of 30, both going in their last year of contract. The fact that um, Davis is much older, but Arfield retiring as well, it shows there is a, a lifespan on his career. I don't know if Jack will ever be 
a 40 game a season player. Do you? No, I, I've, I, I hate to say it, but is he ever going to get, are we ever going to get the running jack that we had, you know, this last year? I, I just can't, I just can't see it. And even if he does, how long is it going to be before he breaks down again? Um, it's a shame because he's he's the first name midfielder on the team sheet for me when he when he when he's fit and firing. But um, you know he keeps breaking down with injuries and but it's, you know it's all right saying we need to go and buy another another midfielder. We've got Bakuna in there as well. Who, who I, I didn't just mention. You know we're going to have to get him off the, the wage bill. I think if we are going to sign a midfielder, we're going to have to get Lundstrom and we're going to have to move Lundstrom and Bakuna on, um, which I just can't see happening in this window. Davy. Um, sorry, I know you were just trying to come in there, but is it is it telling that we've we've signed James Sands, who we all predicted was going to be a centre back, and uh, we all know that he, he can't play either or centre back or centre midfield. But we would have thought he was going to go into one of the centre back options, but he's came straight into midfield. Is this telling kind of, that maybe we're not in the market for a centre half this this window? I don't know, I've already got Suter uh, on the uh, pre-contact, so he's going to be coming in. I still hope, I'm still not giving up and uh, and uh, selling, uh, uh, giving goals in a, a new contract. I've still got a wee bit of hope of that. And especially the way he started playing again. But, um, yeah, what Jason was saying, that we definitely need to, I mean, all the players are, are just defenders, uh, midfielders, and we really need somebody who, who and, and Hadji for me is just too lightweight. Um, I, mean, I think we really need somebody that, that can control a ball in, in there and, and have the vision round about him. And if you take it now that Jack, I think it was February he went out, so I think that's nearly a year now he's out. And a year for where I don't know how old is Jack, do you know? He's, he's under 30 anyway. Yeah, but it's a, that's a long time to be out for a for a player for a well elderly player. I don't want to say that's the wrong word, but um, for a for a player heading towards his thirties, it's a long time to be out. Graham, Nathan Patterson just went for a, a record fee, um, and obviously it's not quite like football manager these transfers. It's not just the next day. Rangers had £12 million extra in their Santander account, um, also as instalments. But that's money that's going to be coming into the club. We've, as much as uh, over the last few years, there's been a lot of business in and out. There's not really been a, a big spender, too many marquee signings, I feel like. Is this a window to, to spend a bit of money, given what's, what's waiting at the other end if we win the league this year? Uh, yeah, it's a gamble, isn't it? <clears throat> I think the dropping of the points last night maybe even accelerates that need to to strengthen. You know, we were thinking we were going to go into the the, the, the old firm game with six points ahead. That's no longer the case. Well, so it may accelerate the need for it, but it would be a gamble. I think we need the money in the bank, but I'm a football fan. I just want to see his win. Um, so I, I think it's probably worth the gamble to go and get somebody in at six million, seven million, eight million quid, go and spend some money and get a cracking centre midfield player in. That's a gamble though. Um it's a gamble on two fronts because you're gonna if you're gonna spend that amount of money, you're gonna be getting somebody either from England or abroad for that sort of money. 
and they're then going to have to adapt to Scottish football. So you've got five months or four months left of the season. Can they adapt and fit right in? Can you get somebody for that amount of money that's just got to slot right into the midfield and actually make a difference right away? Um, that depends on your scouting and your, your your recruitment team, isn't it, to get somebody like that in? Um, it would be a gamble. If it didn't happen, I think we've still got a good enough squad to, to be going... I think we've got a good enough squad to be to be going the rest of the season, dropping very few points. So if we didn't bring somebody in, I, um, I'd be okay with that. I think we've got enough in there. It might mean that we need to rejig the formation or we might need to do a tweak here and there, but there's enough in the squad. Maybe even just one player more, but not necessarily marquee for, for me. The thing is, though, if, 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 I don't know how long they're going to be missing a rebo for. I think that could be another month or, or at least three weeks. Um, then, from what I've heard today, we're going to be losing Morelos. And that's two really important players that, that, that we're going to be losing. Um, Itton's come back. Is Itton in the same class as Morelos and Aribo? Don't think it's. I don't think so. He's a different kind of player. But I, I don't see him. Been, been the answer to all our attacking uh, problems. So I, I really do think that, that we need somebody to get somebody in. Uh, I think, yeah, where I'm at is we definitely still have the, the be- best squad in the league, okay? I know fucking Celtic are signed the half the population of Tokyo by now, but we've still got the better squad. Where, where my worry comes in is just then injuries, the suspensions, when they start plodding up, because Nate, Nate, uh, Mason, I think I called you Nathan there, I don't know, <laughs> I've got Nathan Parson in the head, Mason pointed out, you know, uh, well, an, well, an Arfield and an Aribo away from having to play Sands and Kamara potentially, right wing, we don't have a set on starter, so I think there's just a couple of, we can bolster the squad just to make sure, but I still think yeah, it, it wouldn't be heating the oven time if well, we don't sign MD. So yeah, led me on to my next point, David, I'm just going to quickly go around, ask your questions and, and why. Morelos won't be featuring in the old firm match on the 2nd of February, he'll be away uh, in the national duty with Colombia. Davey, start with you. Who starts up front if everybody's fit and why? Um, no, I would. Yeah, I, I know it's a bit against the way Gio's playing, but I would have uh, Etten and uh, Sakawa playing round about them. Uh, because I think the, the, the speed, uh, uh, Etten's not that fast, but I think the speed of uh, Sakawa round about them. Uh, I, I think that's uh, the, probably the best two. Um, I'm I'm not that brilliant on right either. He is, as Mason said earlier, he's a wee bit in the the is is he or is he not uh, league at the moment. But the, certainly the way he played last night, he, he had a few good moments, but um, yeah, never really came, anything came from him except for the one pass to to Kent right enough. Uh, but for me. That, that goal was made by Kent's quick uh, thinking and across that more than, than anything else. But um, anyway, to go back to your question, um, no, that, that's the way I would, I would, I would uh, go for Sakawa and, and Itton. Mason, who's done up front 
Sakala, I'd go Sakala. Um, I don't, I don't think that 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 Gio will will change it. I know what David's saying, um, and I think Sakala would be best playing off someone, but I think he's gonna he's gonna stick stick to it. Um, and I just only because I think Celtic's back back line can be got out with pace. Um, and if we haven't got Morelos and and Sakala playing off him with Kent, then I think um, I would go Sakala. I, I tell you what, Gio will do it. It'll be Ruth if he's fit. I don't think it will be Zakala, but if it was me, that's who I'd go with. I mean, what what Zakala does give you that that out ball that we don't always have, and it's you know with a with a sole striker having the having that as a spearhead, then he's got a pace to burn, and I think the Celtic's defence can be got at, and all defenders, Graham, you know, they hate pace. Yes, absolutely. And I think we can exploit them. I was watching the Celtic game the other night and easily can get got at right down the sides. We're vulnerable. So I think we're I think we're good with what we've got. Whether that's Kent and Hadji that's wide, um, or Kent and Wright that's wide. I am a fan of Wright, so I I have been all no qualms about playing him in the old firm game. Um I quite like him. So for me, I I would be going Hadji, Kent, and Sakala as a front three, um, and I think we'll do damage. I think we'll do a lot of damage. One thing I wanted to ask is, are Fields injured? How how do we know how long that's for? Is there any chance of him being back? So the fan, I don't. He didn't exactly say, but in the presser, it, it didn't sound too serious for him, him and Davis. But it's, I think everybody's scared with Jordan Ross at seven days. Um, so we don't know is the answer. If Arfield's back, I'd love to see him. He he should be, he should be in that midfield, and I think that gives us still in the midfield um, to allow us to then get him bombing forward, which he can do and break break the lines. Um, I'm annoyed at myself for saying break the lines. Do you know that? I hate phrases like that. <laughs> I'm so annoyed at myself. But uh, he gets forward and, and uh, supports the attacks. Um, so uh, if he's there, I'd love to see Hadji Ken Sakala. And I think we'll do a fair bit of damage with that. So that's us. We've, we're finishing on a, on a positive. Um, you know, it's been... It's, it's not been the most enjoyable or most positive chat eh, over the last hour, but eh, we get these games and you know it's important to remember, still top of the league. And we do have a game on Friday to look forward to um, where this, you know, I'm touching wood because I don't want to jinx it. It's, it should be a confidence booster going into this run of fixtures. But we did say before um, uh, before we started recording, we did want to chat about Jermaine Defoe, Graham. So I guess it's a nice we place to finish it off just um he's been in the media over the last week or so you know he's also i don't know if he's looking for a punditry job or if he's just kicking about while he was looking for a new club but it's been really nice hearing him speak about his career and his time at rangers yeah he was he's obviously took to you know he's posting videos his first couple of days at, at ibrooks <clears throat> um First couple of days at Rangers, sorry, and he went to Ibrooks and he, you know he's, he's reminiscing about that. He actually went out into the stadium all by himself. He just asked the security guard, "Can I, can I go and have a look?" And right from day one, he, he's took to his, um, conducted himself as he has his whole career with absolute professionalism. Um, yeah, it was going to be. It's been sad to see him go, but as you say, he's he's absolutely. 
painted Rangers in the right light in the last few interviews that he's done. Um, and whether he goes on to do punditry or whether he goes on to do coaching or whether he's still got a job to do because I, I heard a rumour that he's going to maybe go to Sunderland. So there's a chance there that he continues for the next six months. And, you know, he's, I don't I think he's teetotal. I think he's a fitness freak. So I think he'll be more than capable of doing another six months and maybe even a season after that. So um, I know we've got an, a, a Legends game coming up. I hope that he can come back for that. It would be really good if he can come back and play in that Legends game, just so that the fans can get to um, show their appreciation for what he done for us. Um, I know Mason's a big fan of the, the goal that he scored at, um, at Livingston. So, um, yeah. Um, fair play to him. He's done, he's done everything right. He's been conducted himself as a, as a true ranger. So, all the best to him. Absolutely. What a way to finish off. So, all that's left to do is thank everybody for listening. Um, a lot spoke about, as always, let us know what you think. Um, was that a penalty? Was it not a penalty? You know, it's, are we being too harsh? Are we not being harsh enough? Um, do we all just, in general, talk shit? That's fine if you want to let us know in all the usual places. But thank you all for listening. I'm going to go around ask the podders to say goodbye and ask them for a score on Friday. Mason, thanks for joining us. What's the score on Friday? Thanks for having us on again, Colin. Uh, Graham, Davey. Um, I'm going to go 4-0. Davey, thanks for joining us all the way from sunny Germany. What's okay, your prediction? Thanks. thanks for having me back on again. Well, I'm actually hoping that we'll play a couple of youngsters. So I'll go a wee bit more conservative and say 4-0. I, I love it when a conservative uh, score is 4-0. Fucking love that. And Graham, you're back in the, your usual seat. Thanks for coming on. What's your score? Uh, cheers for having us again, Colin. Cheers, listeners. Um, it's going to be a conservative 7-0 to the Rangers. Brilliant. And I'm going along the same lines. I, I'm wanting some real aggression and proper... Foot in the throat, don't care if we embarrass these part-timers. 8-1 Rangers, I do see is pissing about in the last 10 minutes and letting a go in, and I'll be fucking raging when it does. But thank you for listening. Take care. We are the people.